Support for this podcast and the following message come from the United States Postal Service. Turn shipping to your advantage with USPS Ground Advantage Service. Learn how to gain a competitive edge at usps.com advantage. USPS Ground Advantage. Simple, affordable, reliable. This message comes from NPR sponsor, the Healthy Spaces podcast by Train Technologies. Healthy Spaces brings you the latest insights and experts on sustainable advances in climate technology and science. Listen to Healthy Spaces on your favorite podcast platform. Yeah, now, well, the thing about the old days, they the old days. They're going to come talk to me about money laundering in West Baltimore? Shit. A man must have a code, oh, no doubt. Hey, yo, lesson here, babe. Come at the king, you best not miss. If you know those clips and that music, then you are probably a fan of the HBO series The Wire. And you are not alone. At the front end, I gotta tell you, uh, I'm a huge fan of The Wire. I think it's one of the greatest, uh, not just television shows, but pieces of art uh, uh, in the last. Uh, couple of decades, I was a huge fan of it. This month marks 20 years since the premiere of the series. Set in Baltimore, The Wire ran for five seasons following the lives of the cops, criminals, political players, and everyday folks caught up in the city's and, by definition, the nation's war on drugs. Some argue it is not only a great show, some say it is the best television show ever. And people are still talking about it. Man, we hanging out having this good wire conversation, man. <laughs> yes, yes. Sife, you yeah. started watching The Wire. I got into The Wire the season with the kids. I think that was the fourth season. Oh, yeah, that was the season I got everybody. Yeah. What's up, everybody? Welcome to The Wire at 20 podcast from HBO and Campside Media. I'm your host, Method Man. You might remember me as Melvin Cheese Wagstaff from seasons two through five. As streaming content, the series has attracted a whole new generation of avid fans. But things have changed in the past two decades, especially after encounters with police led to the deaths of Freddie Gray, George Floyd, and many others. Deaths that took place either in public or were taken up by an increasingly vigilant and vocal public and thus could not be ignored. That, along with the growth of the Black Lives Matter movement, has given new life to some old and often ignored debates about the role of police in places like Baltimore and elsewhere. Consider this. The Wire has been heaped with critical praise as television for its realistic and humanizing portrayal of characters caught up in Baltimore's drug wars. But as social commentary 20 years on, how does The Wire hold up? That's coming up. From NPR, I'm Michelle Martin. It is Saturday, June 25th. This message comes from NPR sponsor FX, presenting Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. This message comes from NPR sponsor Progressive. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit their website to get a quote with all the coverages you want. 
you'll see Progressive's direct rate, and their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. Then just choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Well, I always uh, try to remind people that I never lost an election as opposed to the mayor on the wire. So I distinguished myself a little bit. That's Kurt Schmuck. He's currently president of the University of Baltimore, but he was mayor of Baltimore from 1987 to 1999. He served in many roles in public service and the academy, and he actually had a small part on the wire. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I played the health commissioner in a couple of episodes, and I had to join the Screen Actors Guild because of that. So I still uh, receive a certain amount of money. Usually uh, the check uh, that I get is just about uh, as much as the stamp. Uh, <laughs> okay. So it, it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, it didn't make you a star in a different venue. Okay. No, it, it did not change your life. It, 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 right. Being on the wire did not uh, augur well for changing uh, my career. It said, keep your day job. <laughs> I asked Kurt Schmuck how he thinks the show may have influenced people's view of Baltimore and also how it may have influenced views about the bigger issues raised by the show, such as poverty, the drug trade, addiction and crime. Sure. Well, it was a mixed view um, because uh, certain people, uh, particularly in our business community, were very worried about it. Uh, You know, the predecessor show uh, was Homicide, Life on the Street. And there, um, I think many people remembered a particular incident in that show uh, where a tourist came to Baltimore and was actually shot and killed near the baseball stadium. That uh, incident, even though it was fictional, it was on on TV, led to a lot of calls to the uh, uh, police department and to City Hall with people thinking that that happened in real life. So uh, some people remembered that as uh, you know, art having a real impact on the perceptions uh, people had of the city. And so that segment of the city was not real pleased. Other people, though, reacted very positively. They knew David Simon. They knew Ed Burns. They thought that the you know war on drugs was uh, you know a failure, having disproportionately negative impact on the communities. And so uh, their reaction was a good. Somebody is showing exactly what life is uh, like here in in some of our hard pressed communities. So it was a mix. And how did you feel about it? Because I I, I mean. As a person who was working in this space, I mean, you had been a state's attorney. I mean, you had yeah. you'd been a state's attorney. You were mayor. You had multiple roles yourself. You know, in the city, around the city, you are a person who always had a hand in whatever the kind of latest public policy thinking was. You see, my paying you 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 had multiple yeah. relationships. Do you remember how you felt about it at the time? Because I have to say that a yeah. lot of people from Baltimore. After a certain point, they might have recognized the art of the show, but they came to resent how, you know, they. in fact, there were multiple people who wrote about this. They would say at, at some point when people found out you're from Baltimore, inevitably they would be like, uh, The Wire. That's correct. And people would be like, I don't really know. That's not, that's a picture. It's yeah. not the whole picture. So how did you feel about it? I, I viewed The Wire as uh, the good news outweighing the bad news. That is, I just thought that it was an important show dealing with important issues. 
But on the other hand, as you probably know, I, I wrote an article for um, the newspaper in England trying to sh- show the uh, real Baltimore as compared to what people saw on the wire. Bottom line for me is that I tried to persuade people that um, viewing all of Baltimore by what they saw on the wire was like considering the civic life of New Jersey by just looking at the Sopranos. And, you know, so you can think about a show as good art, but it doesn't necessarily reflect the reality of an entire community. Speaking of kind of the pros and cons of the show, some people appreciate the show because they felt that it did try to explore some of the systemic issues that cities experience in terms of the way that racism plays a role, both in policing and in access to opportunity. But some people feel like there's just, it just got, you know, overwhelmed with just the usual show business qualities of, you know, the violence, the kind of the charismatic characters. Did you feel that it, it told a truth that was worth hearing, even if people, everybody didn't necessarily see it? Yeah, I thought the show was effective in showing that the drug issue was a cancer on the community and it was spreading throughout the community and not just in um, certain neighborhoods because the show also, you know, talked about the impact on the docks, uh, you know, uh, in in various communities throughout uh, the city. So I thought it was effective in that fashion and showing that the war on drugs was just having a bad impact in many different segments of Baltimore, where, of course, the negative side was that some people came away thinking that the entire city of Baltimore was crime-ridden, drug-infested, and deteriorating, and that was just not the case. What about now, though, even when The Wire first aired, it was a period piece. I mean, for example, some of the public housing projects that were depicted had been torn down a long time ago and had to be recreated through CGI, for example. But what about now? I mean, do you think that some of the themes that were explored in The Wire, are they still relevant? You know, I think uh, we still have a, a, a very serious problem in the country as it relates to uh, substance abuse, but there are certainly more elected officials throughout the country, including uh, our state, that are talking about drugs as a public health problem rather than a criminal justice problem. There seems to be more of a recognition now that we can't arrest and prosecute our way out of this uh, problem. It, Maybe because, uh, you know, some of the uh, issues with OxyContin and some other drugs have shown that addiction is a problem in the upper middle class as well as some of the uh, poor uh, communities. But I do think that the issue of substance abuse is still an important one to address. And The Wire, I think, helped move along the conversation about how confounding and complex the issue is. Kurt Schmoke is the president of the University of Baltimore. From 1987 to 1999, he was mayor of Baltimore and has served many other roles in public life. Coming up, what The Wire got right, what it got wrong, and if you've never watched the show, why you might want to reconsider. Support for NPR and the following message come from Betterment, an automated investing and savings app. CEO Sarah Levy shares why accessibility is central to Betterment's mission. 
The real innovation for Betterment was taking a set of tools that were used by the ultra wealthy and making them accessible to the average investor. And that includes tax strategies, that includes dollar cost averaging. These are all sort of tricks of the trade. Learn more about automated investing technology at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Bluehost. Try Bluehost Cloud, the hosting plan made for WordPress creators by WordPress experts. With 100% uptime, fast load times, and 24-7 support, your sites can handle high traffic spikes. Visit Bluehost.com. Support for NPR and the following message come from the Walton Family Foundation, working to create access to opportunity for people and communities by tackling tough social and environmental problems. More information is at waltonfamilyfoundation.org. I mean, when you think about The Wire, it's actually an anti-police show. It's like the opposite of most cop shows that you see on TV these days. Eric Deggins is NPR's television critic and media analyst, and he will tell you straight up he is a fan of The Wire. I spoke with him recently and with Rhonda Roche Penrice. I'm the editor of Cracking the Wire during Black Lives Matter. She's an historian and cultural critic who assembled and edited a collection of essays by Black writers about The Wire. I started our conversation by asking Eric Deggins, what makes The Wire different from your basic police procedural? And he said the show succeeds because it's about systemic failure. The Wire is about, ultimately, about how all these institutions failed the city of Baltimore, starting with policing and politics and labor, and education, and then finally, the media. And one of the ways that it gets at that is to just display the futility of the war on drugs and how the war on drugs basically became a war on black and brown people and poor people, particularly in the city of Baltimore. And so, you know, your typical cop show will show uh, a virtuous cop who's good at his or her job challenging a dysfunctional system and winning, you know, finding justice in the face of, you know, bureaucratic problems or a few bad cops or whatever. But the wire demonstrates a system that is wholly dysfunctional, that virtuous cops who are good at their job cannot overcome. And eventually the system wins out most of the time. They may have small victories here and there. And then the other thing the wire does is it, it, it humanizes uh, the types of characters that are normally overlooked or stereotyped on cop shows. So people who are dealing drugs, people who um, are using drugs, the, the the poor, you know, law-abiding people who are kind of stuck in neighborhoods that have problems with the drug trade, you know, working-class folks, they're all given a very layered and complex and really compelling life on the wire um, in ways that a lot of other cop shows don't do. Rhonda, you conceived of the, the project Cracking the Wire during Black Lives Matter, and you edited uh, the collection of essays, which resulted... You know, one of the things about your collection of essays is it does kind of explore the both and, if I could put it that way. It, 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 does that sound right? I mean, it it's like, yes, on the one hand, this is some of these stories were, were hard to watch, right? On the other hand, a lot of these stories 
were true and or had truth to them. So talk a little bit, if you would, about some of the things that the, your book explored. Well, one of the things that I had to include, I have a section on Baltimore versus The Wire, because a lot of times when I would meet people from Baltimore, they did not like The Wire. So they were like, the, the Wire is not Baltimore and so forth. So I have three contributors who grew up in Baltimore, lived there for a long time to offer their perspectives. One of the persons, um, Julia Chance, calls herself a wirecologist and is just gung-ho the wire, but also acknowledges that the interior lives of the Black professional characters, for example, were not explored and that this area of West Baltimore has a grand history that was never even touched upon. There's another young man who at the time had very homophobic ideas and you was transformed by the representation that Michael K. Williams brought to Omar. There's a young man who looks at the um, presentation of, you know, the journalism aspect of The Wire and addresses some of the the oversights there in regards to race and representation, especially when you're talking about reporting in a city that's predominantly Black. I would love to dig in a bit more about the racial politics of the show. I mean, the people, it's, uh, season two is the exception, but mostly the series centers on the African-American community that is uh, infused with or that lives against the backdrop of, let me put it this way, the culture of drugs and crime. It's bo- both a reality and a stereotype. And it's something that I think, I think, Rhonda, certainly your, your essays, book of essays struggles with. And I think people watching the show may have struggled with. So, Eric, do you want to... And, and also the principles behind the show, the, the big names behind the show, you know, David Simon and Ed Burns... George Pelicanos, one of the show's original writers, uh, all white. And yet, so I don't know, Eric, how does that land with you? Well, you know, I I think it's certainly fair to look at the show's production team and writing team and say that, you know, most of them were were white people. Now, you know, I've asked David about this over the years, and he said he got one black writer, David Mills, to contribute a script and wanted him to join the writing team. But David was developing his own series ideas. David said that he tried that he tried to reach out to a few other black novelists um, to see if they might be interested in joining the show. But they had their own things going. So that's certainly a criticism that people could levy. But I feel like the characters, the black characters on The Wire are all humanized, you know, West Baltimore is predominantly black. It's very poor. It struggles with the drug trade and and problems connected to it. And that's kind of the reality of it. So, you know, I can understand that that vision might make people feel uncomfortable, but I also don't want us to be in the habit of sort of turning away from depictions of these neighborhoods just because they make us uncomfortable. One of the reasons why the show is such a great argument against the war on drugs is that it shows how it turned the cops into this, you know, occupying force that brutalized those neighborhoods. And, and so you have to, you know, if you want to, if you want that message, 
to go, to come across, you 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 have to spend time in those neighborhoods and get to know those people. I know Eric is the critic here, and he he'll just tell you straight up if he likes something or doesn't like something. He clearly likes The Wire. Now, Rhonda, do you mind if I ask you? Did you like it? Oh yeah, I mean, I watched The Wire in real time, and I watched it often multiple times a week. But even though you like something doesn't mean that there aren't problems with it, especially when you go back in hindsight. Like in the essay that I contributed, I talked about the characterizations, particularly of straight Black women. There are just things um, that I am bothered by. But can you flesh that out a little bit more like what? That they're either what, like victims or just hard-hearted Hannahs kind of thing? What's your, flesh it out a little bit. Well, the what there was no greater window for them. Mm. Whereas, like, for example, when you look at characterizations of Avon and Stringer Bell or even Weebay, there's like this broader range of of agency given to them. Whereas a lot of times the women were just like stand-ins. There were no true backstories um, in a lot of instances to, you know, their position in this world and, you know, why they may be there or what, you know, their like thoughts around this community, these circumstances are. So, you know, and I mean, that's not, that's not a particular, not just against, you know, the wire. True. True. It's not like, yeah, please insert name of story here, (laughs) insert name of show here where black women like have no agency and are over-sexualized or, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? I mean, well, and and you know, I I would interject and say I, I completely agree. I, I I think if there's a knock on the wire, it's not real. It's not so much about race as it is about it n- hasn't necessarily served its female characters as well as it could. So before I let each of you go, I mean, you've given us a lot to think about, and. I know that it's sort of an antiquated uh, practice, like TV Guide isn't something that like lives on all of our coffee tables the way it used to. I'm dating myself now. But if you were to write the entry for The Wire now, given everything we know about all that has happened since, everything that we have now started to talk about openly about the, the so-called war on drugs, about policing, the way policing is practiced in the wake of Freddie Gray, in the wake of George Floyd, like how would you write that entry? Like what would you say... If somebody were to ask you, you know, should I watch this? What would you say? I, I guess I, what I would say is it's a pioneering, um, it's a pioneering police drama that reveals the excesses of policing, the fear of the war on drugs, and the failure of major institutions in the city of Baltimore. Okay, Rhonda, what would yours say? Well, mine's would probably say it's an unprecedented look at the humanity of Black people who are often on the margins of society and that you can see some of the greatest, most masterful acting that's ever been on television with with, um, actors who lend a humanity and a relatability that's just hard to turn away from. That was NPR television critic Eric Deggins. We also heard from Rhonda Rache Penrice. She's the editor of Cracking the Wire during Black Lives Matter and the author of African American History for Dummies. It's Consider This from NPR. I'm Michelle Martin. 
This message comes from NPR sponsor, Lisa. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Visit lisa.com to learn more. That's l-e-e-s-a.com. This message comes from NPR sponsor, HubSpot. Imagine growing a business with high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. On NPR's Throughline. We cannot function for 24 hours without COBOL because it's in our smartphone, our tablet, our laptop. And as a consequence, the lives of the people living in that part of the Congo descended into just a catastrophe. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts.